the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Hi, everybody. Ron Geyer back with more End Time Insights. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love the fact that we're giving this information to you. I I cannot overemphasize how important it is. I am thrilled that God would honor me by allowing me to share this. I believe it's it's a message for the entire nation. I just don't think that we understand very much about what is happening in the earth today. It's the responsibility of the church to make it clear to you what's going on, and it's very important that you have the information that I'm going to give you. So, this is called God in Judgment, Part 4. We don't like to talk about judgment. Matter of fact, we don't talk about judgment. We're way past not liking to. We just don't. I hear preacher after preacher. uh, What else shall I call them? I hear... Uh, what are they called? Uh, Seeker-friendly churches. People that encourage you. I hear them that claim to be Christians. They don't mention anything. Matter of fact, they speak against judgment. They think we're not required to judge. And let me reiterate the scripture in Matthew. You know, the scripture where it talks about Jesus saying, judge not lest you be judged. And uh, people take that and they run with it and they think it means we don't judge at all and nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus is actually telling the people, no, I want you to judge. I just don't want you to judge hypocritically. If you've got a moat in your eye, you've got no business judging somebody else's beam in their eye. But here's the deal. I want you to get the moat out of your eye, and then I need you to get the beam out of your brother's eye. The goal is, in the scripture, I want the beam out of your brother's eye. You understand that? And he just wants us to do it without having one in our eye. But he expects us to deliver our brothers that got beams in their eyes. Get that settled in your heart. Paul talks about judgment in Corinthians 5. And, you know, Jesus said, I didn't come to judge the earth right now, but I am coming back to judge the earth. But right now, I'm giving the earth an opportunity for salvation. But he said, I'm not judging the earth to condemn it. I'm not judging the people to condemn them now. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is salvation's time is now, but that does not mean he is not judging the earth for correction. There's a difference. The world judges to condemn. That's not the church. The church does not. When the church judges something or someone, we are not condemning them. We are trying to clean the church. We are trying to clean someone's life. We are trying to correct what they're doing wrong. That's the judgment that's in the church today. And it's very important that we make sure that we don't shy away from it. Let me pick up where we were. We were talking about God judging man, God judging the church. We made the case for that. And now I want to talk to you about how this works in the earth today, because Uh, You know, my opinion, my point of view from what my studies have shown me, God judges us through, he can judge us through sickness, he can judge us through 
calamity. He can judge us through disaster. He can judge us through unrestrained mankind's behavior. I mean, whatever it takes, God wants us to know him. God does not want us to die and go to hell. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Matter of fact, I even love the progressive judgments of God in the book of Revelation. I don't have time to explain everything or even to build up to the point I want to make real quickly is though that in God judging us in the seven seals and the seven trumpets and the seven bowls of wrath, you know, it's amazing. So actually in during the trumpet judgments, uh, I think they're trumpets five and six, I could be mistaken. What he does, he actually brings hell and puts it in the earth. I mean, it's amazing as you study this out. But he's built up the judgments, he's built up the calamities, he's built up the disasters of his wrath right up to the point where he actually empties out hell and brings it on the earth. And he does that because he's trying to give mankind an understanding. If you continue to reject me, if you continue to harden your heart, you're going to wind up here. But as one last chance so to try to get you not to go there, I'm actually going to show you what it's like. And he actually empties out hell and brings it on the earth. It's amazing. And we need to respond to that. And the church needs to partner with God. We need to work hand in hand with God to get those points across to lost mankind. Uh, let's see. Corinthians 11.32. This is where we left off. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord. Why? That we should not be condemned with the world. God does not want the church to be condemned with the world. That's not our destiny. That's not the case with the world, though. They make no pretense at all about listening to him or even wanting to know him. Their rejection is outright. God uses blessings and goodness to bring us all to repentance. He uses prophets. He uses preachers. And when all else is rejected, he must turn to his judgments to win us and to warn us. These remedial judgments that he sends, they get harder and harder. They will increase in ferocity and destruction right up until the return of Christ. So here we are, part four, God judging us uh, for the sake of mercy and repentance. And uh, because the church is here to partner with him, we are supposed to know and explain what these judgments mean, what they're talking about. Our problem is this, though. We, the church, we're supposed to be working hand in hand with God during this time. We're supposed to be explaining the whys of these judgments to the world because they don't know. But believe it or not, mercy, mercy is in all of these judgments. If you read the Bible, you will see it. If you go through uh, the book of Revelation when he's talking about the tribulation, the seals and the uh, trumpets and the bowl judgments, the vile judgments, they're all encased in the mercy of God, and that's encased in the love of God. Yet the church, we've reinvented God. We don't defend him. We confuse him with Satan, and the world is utterly lost, and it's because the church does not tell them the truth. Mercy is the constant theme in all of God's judgments. You must understand that. Even in his wrath, mercy is there for us. The world isn't expected to know that. But we are, but instead what we've done, we've blamed Satan, thinking that, well, if it's not good, according to our own reasoning, it can't be God, when the truth of the matter is, I'm sorry to say this, judgments are good. They're designed to bring us to repentance, to save us from hell. You think that's not good? I think that's very good. If the church would only give that message out and explain what's going on, we would see more people get saved. 
The world doesn't know that, but we are. But instead, we are blaming Satan for what's going on in the earth, and we let them thinking the wrong things of God. There's more options than just either uh, Satan is doing this or deceiving people into telling them the truth that God can love us in his judgments. But there's a third door, and the church needs to take it. We need to open it, and we need to walk through it, and that door is truth. I'm no longer in my own church because I told my pastor that COVID was a manifestation of the love of God. I know to the carnal mind, that sounds crazy. And I get it. People are dying by the tens of thousands, by the millions. People don't understand that, though. It's better that that would take place than the world would self-destruct because God just lets us go off on our own. You know, I told my pastor that I'm no longer in church. Pat Robertson gets laughed to scorn and others willing to speak the truth, you know, because they don't want to see their church attendance drop. That's not a popular message. But that's what's going on. Pastors and false prophets in an effort not to see their attendance drop, in an effort not to lose people, in attendance not to lose their revenue source, in an effort not to be mocked or belittled publicly by the world and even some cases by the church, we have taken to preaching that America's best days are ahead. That is just not true. If you read the Bible, you will see there's a constant degeneration of the character of man. We are devolving without Christ. We are not evolving. We are devolving. And we need to tell the world that. It gets worse and worse and worse until it actually ends in God having to come back, Jesus, and judge, and at that time, condemn mankind. America's best days are not ahead. You know, it sells well if we don't talk about that, and yet it's keeping people in darkness. You know, word of faith doesn't know about God's judgments, so we can't tell you that there are God's judgments. Hypergrace, they don't believe in God's judgment, so they won't tell you about it. And pastors like Joel and others, while they probably do know about them, they refuse to tell you about the judgments of God because it's not a positive message. It's not in keeping with their gospel light message or their seeker-friendly or emergent church philosophies. Either way, the church is to be telling the world of the mercy of God in the midst of these judgments, which were never meant to condemn mankind. You must understand that God's judgments are not to condemn us. That's not what they're here for. Romans one eighteen: For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all, not some, all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. A very important scripture. Before going any further, we must come to understand that God's wrath is already in the earth. It's here. Let me read it again. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. If there's ungodliness in the earth, there's also the wrath of God in the earth. If there's unrighteousness of men in the earth, there's also God's wrath in the earth. And if his wrath is already here, it is because we have failed to respond to those judgments. Whereas we began our discussion by showing you the judgment most definitely begins at the house of God. Here it's revealed that God's wrath in the earth today, right now, is very specifically aimed at men who are characterized by two things, ungodliness and unrighteousness. Ungodliness is man's offenses against God, against the word of God. Unrighteousness is man's offenses against man. And why is that? It's because they hold or they possess the truth, but they are suppressing the truth. The truth that you and I need to live by, the truth that they need to live by, they hold them, they suppress them, they keep them down, and there's not been a single truth of God that they have not confronted. Mankind has fought against every word that's ever been written in the Bible. He has denied every miracle. He has hidden every revelation. Mankind, evil mankind, has tried to shut every mouth that speaks the word of God. That's what evil mankind does. 
Because of that, God's wrath has been revealed from heaven upon them. In God's infinite justice, it is perfectly right to treat them this way. They are way past judgment. I got to tell you that, man. Judgment failed to bring them to repentance. So God is forced by justice to send wrath. Understand, you got God's word, which should bring us to salvation. God's grace, which is the environment into which God's word is presented. That's supposed to bring us to salvation. You got the goodness of God, which is leading man to repentance. But they've hardened their heart against that. Till all that's left is God's judgment and God's wrath. Romans one twenty one. because that when they knew God, who knew God, everyone that's ever been born, including sinful man, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful, but they became vain in their imaginations and their foolish hearts were darkened. I love Brother Spurgeon. He's going to make a comment about that. Will you kindly notice that according to my text, these people, they knew God, but it was no good to them to know God, for they did not glorify him as God. So, friend, (laughs) who knows so much that he can split hairs over doctrines, it does not matter what you think you know unless it leads you to glorify God and to be thankful. You got that? It doesn't matter what you know if it doesn't lead you to glorify God and to be thankful to him. Basically, mankind today has rejected God. We are way past not obeying him. We have just flown past ignoring him. We are actively attempting today to silence him and openly fighting against him as both creator and ruler of the earth. And of course, there's a price to pay. And unfortunately, this behavior, this mindset is even prevalent in today's churches. This is what leads us to God's wrath and The current form of wrath that God has over America right now is called the wrath of abandonment. Basically, it's where he doesn't do anything. He no longer restrains evil mankind. He lets him do what he wants to do. Let me prove that to you in Scripture. Psalm 81, verses 11 and 12. But my people would not hearken, talking about Israel, but my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would have none of me. What did God do? So I gave them up unto their own heart's lust, and they walked in their own counsels. God removed his hand, and he let them do what they want to do. Hosea 4.17, Ephraim, one of the tribes, is joined to idols. Therefore, let him alone. Once again, he abandons them to their own lustful desires. Hosea 4.6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget your children. I will also reject thee. When you reject God, when you despise his callings, his summons, his wooings, when you do that, you reject him. And when you reject him, guess what? He rejects you. Basically, mankind creates the ground rules by which God will relate to him. You reject God, he will reject you. You draw near to God, he will draw near to you. You must understand that. Romans one twenty six. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. So they were rebelling against God. Finally, God gave them up. He gave up on them. He abandoned them, and he let them do their own thing. And verse 128, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, 
God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Their minds are burnt. They're seared. They are totally lost. God has removed the hand of restraint that controls mankind's behavior. And mankind just does whatever he wants without any restraint from God anymore. These scriptures show how God responds to both Israel and current mankind when we reject him. There's actually a term and it's called the forsaking wrath of God or the wrath of abandonment. It can be identified by certain behaviors that occur once that happens, and these behaviors are the result of God removing the moral restraints upon mankind that he placed there. Idolatry, homosexuality, filthy behaviors, vile affections, reprobate thinking are the evidences that mankind is currently under the judgment of God, which is called the wrath of abandonment. After that, we have cataclysmic wrath, but I'm not going to talk about that. Maybe I'll do one more next week. A word to pastors. I'm not sure that pastors truly understand the power that God has placed in them in their words. I don't believe they understand how much influence they exert. And let me prove it to you. They preach on tithing and prosperity and by and large, the church, the pastors, they've got a good life. They're flowing in money, it would seem, especially in the Word of Faith movement. People give. They preach on it and people give. They preach on coming to church and people come to church. They preach on grace and people are carried away with this hyper-grace doctrine. We run after that in mass. The other side of that coin is that they tell people that God doesn't judge. They become world famous and nobody in the church judges anything. There's no accountability in the church. I'll tell you. The other side of that coin is that the preacher tells them love and grace covers everything and they fill their churches up because that's the message people want to hear. They tell you that you don't have to judge anybody. Nobody judges. They never preach on holiness, so no one is holy in our churches today. That's the showing of to you that what they're saying carries weight and people are responding to it. It's just an amazing situation. We've taken all the bad stuff, all the negative stuff, and we've left off all the good stuff, all the accountability stuff, all the stuff that leads us into a deeper relationship with who God is. Our preachers are affecting our churches and our society in a very negative way. They teach God doesn't bring pain and he doesn't bring punishment upon our bodies. They preach God doesn't send plagues or calamities. It's amazing. This stuff is right in the Bible. It points us out that he does it because he loves us. He did it with Israel time and time and time again. They would sin. They'd fall away from God. They'd get in trouble. They cried out to God. God would deliver them. They'd have a good time. God would bless them until the next time that they sinned. They forgot about God. And the same thing, the same cycle repeated over and over and over again. I don't know why we in America think that doesn't pertain to us. You know, the Bible talks about these are examples that God put in there for us to learn by. You know, we have got to do better in preaching the true gospel. You know, this old saying, if it's good, it's God. And if it's bad, it's the devil. Well, that may have a measure of truth in it, except for the fact that mankind is deciding what's good. No, 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 no. You don't decide what's good. God decides what's good. You know, when my dad punished me because I was bad, it was good for my dad to punish me because he knew things I didn't know. I thought it was bad. Well, that's where we are in the church today. We're juvenile in our thinking. Well, judgments from God are designed to bring us to repentance so that nobody goes to hell. But we've decided that judgments from God are not good. Well, That's not good, judging that man in his carnal thinking, man in his lusts, man is in depraved mind and sexually impure actions. He thinks that he knows better than God to decide what's good and what's bad. And this mindset has crept into our churches. Our churches don't understand. We are judging carnally. We are a carnal church. When the government said churches got to close down, and we did, you know, that really should have shown us who's in charge of our churches. 
The Bible says the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. Jesus Christ sent the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the head of the church. He's here in his form of the Holy Spirit. And he's the one that rules and reigns in our churches. But when we decided to obey man rather than obeying God, we've really shut the door on the presence and the power of Christ. And it's a long road back. Malachi 3.6, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, the sons of Jacob are not consumed. And New Testament, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. God doesn't change. Understand, two verses, one old, one in the New, one in the Old Testament. He's not affected. God's not affected by the weather. He's not affected by the culture. He's not even affected by our sin. He is who he says he is eternally. Dave Reagan says he is always amazed at pastors and teachers who try to leave the Old Testament God behind and focus solely on the New Testament version of God, which is Jesus. Romans 2.5, the expanded version. Let me read this to you. But because you are stubborn and refuse to change, uh, because you have an unrepentant heart, you are making your own punishment even greater. You hear that? God says you're not repenting and you're making your unrepentant heart even greater. You're stirring up wrath for yourselves on the day that he's going to show his wrath. We've got to understand that the longer we wait to choose Christ, the, the harder our hearts become. Yet God's judgments and his wrath are never really designed to punish us. That's what I mean when I say we don't know God. We saw in the Revelation, the judgments, the seals, and the trumpets, that even there, there was still mercy and the opportunity to repent for those who would repent. The trouble is, catch this, this is very important. The trouble is, it gets harder and harder the longer that we wait. We just read it. We're, we're storing up for ourselves wrath to come the longer we delay. Today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow, it will not be as easy for your heart to receive Christ because it spent all day today saying no to God. There's no neutrality here. God's drawing us every minute of every day because you may die tomorrow. I may not get done with this broadcast before I get called home, but I've already made a decision to serve Christ. You don't know when you're going home. Every minute you wait is another minute you have said no to the grace of God. And what that does to your heart is it hardens it towards his call. We saw in Revelation judgments about the mercy. It's there even in Revelation, even in the last days. But very few people respond to that, comparatively speaking, because they've said no for all their lives. Understand that the greatest revival that the world is ever going to see actually takes place in Revelation. Thank God for that, where we've got untold millions uh, before the throne of the Lamb and singing. And thank you, Jesus, for that. But today is a day of salvation. You can't wait any longer. You must make a decision to serve Christ. And you got to know this. The judgments that he's sending, my firm belief, 9-11, Hurricane Katrina, homosexual behavior, AIDS, the coronavirus, these are all judgments of God. I'm sorry. They are judgments of God. And this last one's on a global scale. 193 nations in the world today and all but Three of them have reported cases of coronavirus. That's a global judgment. The devil does not have that power. Actually, one nation that did not have any cases, they have a population of 100,000. The nation is Tonga. That's a Christian nation. They have a Christian king. They are such a Christian nation. They've actually wrote Sabbath laws into their constitution. I love it. That's the evidence that uh, Christianity works. I love it. I love it. The point that I'm trying to make before I close is that God's judgment 
They never come without warnings. The judgments in themselves are warnings, whether through the heavens, through preaching, through prophetic voices, Holy Spirit convictions, or his own quiet wooing us. Each day that we say no, our heart is hardened. But God is constantly sending out these warnings to us because he loves us. He warned Sodom and Gomorrah. He warned those in Noah's day. He sent Jonah to Nineveh. He had John the Baptist warning Israel to flee from the wrath that was to come. And he has modern-day prophets in America. And, of course, you and I, we read our Bibles. We have his word. God sent prophet after prophet to Israel, yet they, like us, they failed to heed his warnings. I'm going to close with this great, great scripture in 2 Chronicles 36, verses 15 and 16. The Lord, the God of their fathers, sent word to them again and again by his messengers on his dwelling place. But they continually mocked the messengers of God. They despised his words. They scoffed at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people until there was no remedy. That's a sorry situation. America is right there. We mock those that are holy. We've not repented of our sins. We scoff at the prophets. We despise his word. I'm telling you, America is following the path of Israel right down, line upon line. We need to receive the voice of the prophets. We need to repent of our sins and ask Jesus Christ into our lives once again in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.